Welcome back to the Trees and Nylon podcast, your one-stop shop for everything Gorp. I am your host, Trees and Nylon. You can call me Trees. And I'm joined today by the only reseller we respect and the tattoo titan himself, Charlie, or Prince Charles, or the founder of Royal Rags. Thank you for coming on the show today. Mate, it's my absolute pleasure. Thank you for inviting <laughs> me on the show. A long sought after guest. You you put me on a goose chase for a while, but I'm glad we're finally sitting down here and doing it. Oh no, I feel really bad about that, but I'm here now. <laughs> You're here now. That's what matters. That's what matters. Awesome. So for anyone who doesn't know, this is the Trees and Nylon podcast. We talk about uh, trees and also nylon, kind of working through a past, present, and future progression with both those topics. So Charlie, up top, the first question I have for you, what would you like to talk about first? Uh, let's go trees. Trees first. Awesome. Classic choice. Classic choice. So tell uh, me no, a little bit. I've, I've... <laughs> <laughs> Tell me a little bit about your past with uh, the outdoors. Uh, so I kind of was raised in the outdoors, I guess you could say. No, okay. I was born on a I was born on a farm in the middle of nowhere in the south of England. Oh wow! Uh, and it wasn't so much like a village with like shops and other people. It was literally the middle of nowhere. So all you could see when you look out the window is fields. There's no street lights. There's no shops. There's no pubs. There's about 20 people that live there and it was just animals and fields and hills and lakes and that is about it wow that's pretty cool <laughs> that's that's pretty different it's pretty unique from uh other people i've had on also you said just like 20 yeah. people living in one town together yeah maybe even less to be honest there's around <laughs> like eight how eight or nine houses it's like a hamlet it's not even a village it's so small but it was good wow it was nice to grow up in because I got to do a lot of stuff that other people didn't if you live in a city. But mm -hmm. at the same time, I was just couldn't wait to get out and like do something and like move to mm -hmm. a city. But okay. now I'm older and I get to go back there. I'd like, I, I, yeah, I'm very grateful. Yeah, you get best of both worlds because you got to grow up doing these really cool things. And now you have that appreciation for it, you know? Exactly. Yeah. So were you like a farmhand on your, on your farm? So it was like, it's like a family farm, but my mum and me and my siblings weren't involved as much as like my mum was when she was growing up. So it was like my granddad owned it and then now my uncle runs it. But the uh -huh. family's still, still involved. But when we were growing up, we all had different things that we wanted to do. So when I got back mm. from school, rather than working on a farm, I'd rather just go skating or ride my yeah. bike through the woods <laughs> and like make dirt jumps and do that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Okay. And what kind of, you, you've already alluded to like mountain biking and dirt bike and all that. What kind of other stuff did you do that were like, besides obviously walking, hiking that what kind of extreme activities were you privy to out there? Uh, it was pretty much just riding my bike and skating. To be honest. <laughs> like I started skating when I was eight and there wasn't mm -hmm. a skate park near me. We just had this gravel road with grass growing out of it. And it was pretty rough to learn on, but it was you fun. You learned how to skate on gravel? Yeah, well, it was like a, it was a tarmac road, but it wasn't smooth. It was like loads oh, okay, and loads okay. and loads of stones, basically like compressed. Uh, so it was a pretty rough terrain, but it was <laughs> fun. It kind of like beat you into a, in, it, like yeah, it beat you up so you were good at skating and learn how to fall off, I guess. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's a very important skill when you're skating. I am an extremely amateur skater. I only got into it uh, with one of my buddies. Oof. I don't even know, probably three years ago. And I would, I didn't really learn much. I cruised around. I went to a couple of skate parks. I can Ollie. And that's about yeah, the that's extent it. of my that's knowledge, you, you know? <laughs> yeah, that's what you need. I, yeah, I thank skating for pretty much all of my 
people skills and for putting me out there, to be honest. Because you grow up at a skate park from when you're like 10, 11 years old and everyone around you is like 16, 17, 18. Mm-hmm. You kind of just learn things that you like you wouldn't learn if you didn't do it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is that's part of the culture. I've talked about it before, but a lot of the skate culture is about, you know, just kind of accepting people and just you're all there to skate. So just skate with each other. It doesn't matter like age or whatever, anything like that. Exactly. For the most part. Um, I'm not gonna speak for all skaters, but <laughs> yeah, true say. <laughs> yeah. I saw I saw a meme the other day. It was like, oh yeah, I'm just going out to the skate park with my buddies. And then the buddies are like an 18-year-old and then like a 34-year-old, you know? Yeah, no, that that's literally how it works. Like when I was 18, I moved to Derby and I just skated Lozo, and that was my way to like meet people. And I would skate with my best pal who was I was 18, 19 at the time. My best mate was mm-hmm. pushing 28. And then I would skate with kids at the skate park that were like 14, but you don't really think of age, you just do it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a very cool culture. It's a cool culture. Um, so going past that, let's go, let's go to now. Let's talk about, I mean, obviously skating's big. So I'm, I'm going to ask you first, what's your skating schedule or whatever it look like these days? How often do you get out uh, there? My, my skating schedule has slipped massively, but it's kind of like other things have taken the reins. So as Rural Rags has gotten bigger and it's just me that does everything still for some reason. So uh, there's just like a lot of pressure to like get stuff out there and work on new projects and do whatever. It's still really, it's all really, really enjoyable, but it doesn't mm. leave me with much time in the middle to skate. And with like English weather, it's typically pretty awful 90% <laughs> of the time when it's not uh-huh. summer. So finding a dry day in between having a free day work-wise is like finding a needle in the haystack, but mm. I try and do it as much as possible now. Yeah. Yeah. And then as far as the actual hiking and all that goes, how often do you go out hiking? I wouldn't even say I'm that much of a big hiker, to be honest. (laughs) Um, I do enjoy going out for walks and stuff and all of that, but there aren't really many, many trails to hit around the city center of Manchester, but I've only just moved here. So I need to get out and about and explore what I've got around me, like the Peak District and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. But um, the last time I actually went walking and hiking was around uh, the lakes with Eldot Hole shout out get on the podcast <laughs> yeah <laughs> come on the podcast a whole for real <laughs> so you said you just recently moved up to manchester where were you before uh i was in the last before i moved here for the last mm-hmm. four years i was living in bristol which is okay. close to home okay i'm okay. from around an hour south of bristol so i spent a lot of my teenage years there skating uh. and going out and being a kid so it was yeah. fun, but Br- Bristol was a great place for Rural Rags because the clientele was there. It's such mm. a small creative city. Everyone's so lovely. And if you ever need help with anything like in the industry when it comes to clothes or just support from your friends, it's such like a tight-knit group. So you're never short of that. Mm. And what prompted the move up to Manchester? Uh, oh, I don't know. I kind of don't like staying in the same place for too long. <laughs> um, I've, I've lived in a fair, like a fair few cities. Uh, mm-hmm. during my short life so far but uh, I was in Spain in December and oh, I was wow. drunk with friends from Manchester and <laughs> I enjoyed it so much that I texted my landlord and said that I'm going to move out at the end of January so that gave me like the shove to move to Manchester I guess wow okay well hey that's what I'm here for that's awesome um yeah I know that uh, a lot of the Corpcore boys are from Manchester so I'm sure you have no shortage of people to talk to or recommendations to go to i mean obviously peak district is like right there but that's really cool it's very exciting man yeah man it's good i'm uh still settling in so the nerves are still real but 
Yeah. I'm finding my feet a little bit more so now. That's awesome. And as far as your business goes, do you have your store in, do you have like an actual location, like a physical location anywhere? Uh, so when I was in Bristol, um, mm-hmm. I've got a friend called Billy, shout out Billy, who owns a shop called Don Majors. And for the first pop-up I ever did for Raw Rags was in that shop. Okay. And then uh, we were speaking, I don't know, maybe like a year ago. And we came to the conclusion that we'd kind of like split the shop in half. So I had like oh. the right-hand side. He had the left-hand side. And then, yeah, so we did that for a long time and it was really good. But since I've moved to Manchester, it, is, it wasn't like really feasible to do that while like I wasn't in the city. So now I'm in Manchester. I've just got like a nicer office space that can be used as like a showroom. So people can come around mm-hmm. via appointment and check out what I've got in there. But yeah. it's more so just like a nice place for me to work as opposed to like a store. Okay. Um, and then do you plan on, I don't know if this is going to be any spoilers, but do you plan on having like a real location in Manchester anytime, or do you want to do like another pop-up thing? Do you have any plans? I would absolutely love to have like a permanent shop, but, um, the way things are going, it's just harder to get loads of good stock these days because everyone's doing the same thing and looking for the same stuff. So like for me to fill up a shop of stuff that I'm hundred percent proud of and have that constant flow would be kind of tricky, but I would, well, it's just like the financial financial side of it as well. But I would love to have that mm. opportunity. But I feel like kind of moving forward, there's just going to be a load more pop-ups. Like I'm in discussions mm. with my friend now about doing one in Manchester over the coming month or so. And then during summer, there'll be like a bunch of ones in London, hopefully. Awesome. That'd be sick. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Well, well Likewise, I'm looking forward like- to you doing that. I'm not going to be there for it, but I'm looking forward to you doing it. <laughs> Mate, special guest will get you a flight. Yeah, yeah, fly me out. Fly me out for a couple of them. We'll see what happens. You said you don't really go hiking that much. This is a this is a thought I've had since I started following your page. I started thinking like, all right, this guy posts a lot of clothes. And he posts a lot of like Arcterics and stuff like that, that people complain about resale prices for. Um, but I also don't see him going on a lot of hikes. So in my head, I was, you're kind of a villain when I first got into the scene. Cause I was like, what is <laughs> this guy doesn't go on hikes and he's reselling Arcterics, but everyone loves this guy. Like what's his deal. Um, but now I get it. And you're just like well-connected and you're also doing vintage, vintage like Arcterics and stuff like that, which is a whole other deal than just like buying out a store and reselling it at your shop, which I think other people are trying to do nowadays. So I get it now, but I do want to say there was a point in my career very early on, I'll say, that I did think you were kind of a villain. Yeah, uh, no, yeah, you could say that, I guess. I don't know. There's just, ah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I guess you could say I'm a villain, but I don't know. Uh, no, I, would no. love to, I, I would love to do it more than I do now, but it's just, again, it's like the same with skating. It's like finding mm-hmm. the work time balance and like being able to do that. And then I don't drive personally, so it's finding mm. transportation that's going to take me somewhere that I can physically do that. I'm not ever opposed to the idea. And if someone shouted me and saying, we're going on a hike on Sunday morning, there's a spot in the car, I would go with them. Um, but yeah, the whole thing with Arcterics just came about. I don't even know how that came about, to be fair. <laughs> I, bought, I bought a 1999 Arcterics AR jacket. That was the first one that I had mm. off of a friend in Sheffield. And then I kind of got a little bit carried away with the brand. This was like (laughs) two and a half, three years ago now. And I just got really, I just took a mad liking to it. And at this moment in time, you could go on eBay and you could find any jacket for 60 pounds off of some guy that is like done with it hiking wise. Mm. So it was a lot more accessible as it is now in terms of like retail and like resale prices and stuff. 
Um, and then, yeah, just luckily for me, my what I enjoyed buying and selling became stupidly popular. So <laughs> I guess that gave me a foot up. Yeah. And I, again, again, I don't think you're a villain anymore because <laughs> it is the vintage aspect of it that is, you know, it's like as much as the word is overused so much, it is a curation. You know, you're finding all these mm-hmm. vintage pieces from designers and old outdoor gear and stuff like that. So I think there is like an actual value to it rather than just being like a dirty reseller. So I respect it. I respect it now. I'm grown up. I'm yeah. matured. <laughs> like with all of this stuff with like rural rags, it's, the goal was never to make loads of money and to do mm-hmm. like anything like that. It was always to make enough money to then invest into what I like selling and then presenting mm-hmm. it in a way that I was really happy with. So a lot of like the money that I make goes into projects. So like I did an Art Tech's Beams project, Art Tech's Beams project not too long ago, like a year mm-hmm. ago. And like, it wasn't cheap to fund that, but it was more fulfilling than it was like cost effective. Yeah. So and I like also, to just... Oh, you got it. Go ahead. No, no, sorry, man. You carry on. <laughs> I was going to say, you've also just recently launched your own pants as well. Oh, uh, yeah. That, so the thing with those is uh, trousers are like the hardest thing to find, in my opinion, ones that fit good. And mm-hmm. I want to I wear every day and you end up spending hundreds of pounds on whatever trousers you buy. So like big boy jeans, I love them from, skate, <laughs> from the skating aspect, but yeah. they're so expensive. And then like needles pants, again, they're super sick and the fit of them so nice. But again, mm-hmm. they're really expensive. So I just set out to stock some pants that people could, that were like a nice middle ground. They, mm-hmm. they were like a little bit expensive, but like you pay for what you get in my opinion. And I haven't had any complaints so far, so I'm hoping that everyone's enjoying it. Yeah, I mean, they look really nice. And it's super cool to see you do that, just taking this whole aesthetic, you know, and and saying like, hey, I want to add to it, not just resell to it, which is, again, there's merit to it. I'm not trying to come for you at all, I promise. But yeah, yeah it, it is really cool to You're making me feel real good about myself. Yeah, you should feel good. I mean, <laughs> this is a huge accomplishment, man. I appreciate it's it. Awesome. I'm really, really, yeah. I'm real grateful of uh, how everything's worked out and where I am now because at the start it was yeah thinking back it was crazy when Raw Rags Everything <laughs> started because it was nothing like it is now at all yeah I mean I've got one of my buddies shout out Jiwon who just started up a uh, well his is more of like a dirty reseller business but shout out to him anyway because <laughs> he's, he's a friend of mine and uh, he just opened up um, maybe a year ago an actual physical location where he just you know he dropped out of college and just does that full time now selling reselling all that um so you know it's just cool to see people you like getting to chase their dreams so that's sick i'm glad i'm just glad that people that enjoy it can like profit off it and make money and turn it into a job because like mm-hmm. i'm not crazy academic and the only, one of the only things i've really been good at besides skating is clothes so mm-hmm. like for me to be able to do this as a job like <laughs> yeah i'm grateful and i don't ever want it to to fail to be honest yeah but hopefully it yeah. keeps going do you see do you see Royal Rags ever changing with the times or do you think you're always going to be selling like the same kind of aesthetic and hopefully there's always going to be a market for that? I don't know. I think it'll all change because it's it's like kind of dependent on my taste. So uh, no, nah, but everything I'm selling, I'm like passionate and I enjoy it. But uh, my taste will change over time. So what I stock will change. And obviously you've got to keep up to what people want to buy to a certain extent. So you've got that cash flow. So the business is operational. But Mm-hmm. Most of the stuff that I sell, I take joy from selling because it's stuff that I've spent a long time trying to find. And then when it comes, it's like exciting because I can do a shoot with this and that and style it with particular items that I've like had in the back of my mind since I bought it. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just, yeah, I feel like it will change over time, but there's no set plan. It's kind of go with the flow and just see what happens. Nice. That's awesome, man. I love that. That's a good little business mindset to have, you know? Don't get Appreciate hooked that, on man. don't get hooked on the money. Get hooked on like just the the process and the style, I guess. That's I it. Know. Like I still uh, like Rural Rags has grown loads over the last year or so. Well, since lockdown, really, because I haven't had anything else to do besides pump my time and effort into that. But um, yeah, I just still see it as a hobby. Like I don't really see it as anything big or like anything like that. It's to me, it's just fun. Like I get to wake up in the morning and I get to take photos of clothes and sell them like stuff that I really enjoy and plan shoots around what I've got in stock at the moment or what I'm working towards. And it's like open the door to like brands that have contacted me and they're people that I've like, I've sold their clothes for ages and I didn't think they'd have an interest in me because I am essentially a reseller. But they've like opened me with, they've uh, welcomed me with open arms. So it's been good. That's awesome. That's super cool. Like I obviously, not to the extent, but getting getting Cooper Gill on the podcast was one of those moments where I was like, wow, this is someone whose work I have cared about for a pretty long time or mm-hmm. a long time in my uh, corporate career. You know, since the beginning, I was like, this is, Arcteryx is the cool brand. And now I'm getting to talk to the guy who gets to make the decisions for that. Like those moments are, are just surreal kind of. Yeah, it's sick, man. It's it's crazy. It, like I was thinking about it the other day, to be fair, just like the fact that I've been buying and enjoying Arcteryx for, I don't know, the last two and a half, three years. And now mm-hmm. I get to like work for them directly as a brand. And mm-hmm. just, yeah, it's crazy to think of. Like <laughs> Stuff really does come at you pretty quick. Yeah. But hey, I mean, you're taking it in stride. You're doing a great job. Um, awesome. Well, moving on from all that, let's talk a little bit of the future. We already kind of dipped into a little bit with how Royal Rags is going to go. Um, we're talking about the tree section though so let's get let's jump back over to that the future of like going outside uh what do you what do you see is there any place you'd really love to go uh hiking skating anything like that just explore a country oh that's a big question man um i don't know there's a lot of places that i'm still yet to explore and there's places that i want to explore not for any particular purpose but like i would love to go to egypt and geek out over pyramids and do that kind oh, of wow. thing but but that's not relevant to like skating or being no, no, outdoors that's cool. at all. But, I mean, it's but outdoors. <laughs> the pyramids yeah, are outside. Yeah, it is outdoors. But it would be just, it would be so sick and surreal just to be there mm-hmm. and stood there and kind of like take it all in. Like that's something that's at like the top of my list that I really, really want to do. Um, but I see loads of videos like around, floating around social media and stuff of people skating in South Africa and all of like the uh-huh. DIY skate parks they've built and that kind of thing. And that would be a pretty sick thing to like take a couple months away go there skate help them build stuff and just get into it because diy skating in my opinion is the most appealing side of it skating something rough and handmade and mm. something that you've really got to get used to skating because all of the transitions and the way it's made are completely different like if you take it one step to the left so yeah. it kind of well, keeps it exciting it sounds like that's how you grew up skating anyways on the gravel pavement you know Oh yeah, hundred percent. It was just all stacking up crates and whatever up against <laughs> walls and just trying to skate at them and figuring out what works. That's awesome. Well, hey, yeah, that sounds sick. Is there? And this is also, I'm gonna if if the questions come in, I'm gonna pepper them in there. This is actually from Montana Archive. It kind of just blends into it. Dream country to hike. Dream country to hike. Oh shit. Such a question. Uh, I don't. Oh fuck. This is gonna take me a minute to think of an answer. To be honest, it's all good. Take your time. Take your time. 
there are so many places that I would love to go to and explore the outdoors. Probably like Norway or Sweden. Oh, okay. Shout out Patrick. Yeah, man. Either of those are super, super appealing to me personally. Nice. Somewhere in Scandinavia. Oh, yeah, that'd be amazing. Just to be honest, I would be happy if I got put on a flight anywhere. <laughs> when was the last time you went out of the country? Was uh, it that Spain trip? <laughs> <laughs> Where'd no, you go? I, I was, I was, it's not too much of a like exciting hiking holiday, but I went to Amsterdam last week for a week. Oh, nice. It was like following on from my birthday, and I've never been to Amsterdam before. Mm-hmm. And it was just like a nice present from a friend. So that was okay, real cool. good. Cool, cool. Um, I've kind of asked already. Is there any, what's your favorite place you've been to? This is just for me. What's your favorite place? Favorite place I've been to, Copenhagen, 100%. Ah, Copenhagen was at, Oh, it's just beautiful and like the feel of the the feel of the place itself was just super super nice it was probably on like the more expensive end of the spectrum to places i've been before but it's mm. like the one place that i've been that i would really 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 like to go back to like oh. it was so nice and like, i went in the middle of winter and i was wearing like a t-shirt a jumper a fleece a, a hoodie a <laughs> north face mountain i was like i was wearing so many layers i could barely move my body but it was sick and I would love to go back in the summer because you can just swim all around the city really it's just super nice yeah it's so good you can just swim around the city yeah well I can't I can't imagine you can swim absolutely everywhere but like most of the like city center you can swim in there are like designated spots that you can just roll up and just put your towel down and swim I see I'm on I'm on Google Maps I always have Google Maps open when I do these so I can look at places that people mention because I know nothing about uh, England but yeah um yeah i'm looking at i just i popped in there's just a person taking an ice bath just in the middle of the city <laughs> just just jumped that's right into the that's, water that's, that's so crazy it's so sick like you can do all yeah. sorts there. there's so there's so much stuff you can do in terms of like everyone cycles there so cycling swimming mm-hmm. you've got christiana the free town and they've got like there's no rules there and it's just a sick place to experience <laughs> because it's like nowhere you've been before like where else has no rules like that place um yeah and inside there there's like such a sick little community in terms of like they've made their own shops there's a skate park in there there's everything you could need it's just such a surreal place to be so it, it nice to, it would be nice to step back into that in the summertime yeah i mean that's that sounds awesome i've i've never been anywhere in denmark so close i've been to is oh. germany but I'm I'm still yet to do that. I still I'm not that well traveled to be honest. I need really? to uh, you, get around a little bit. Presented, more. I, I wouldn't think that. <laughs> no, well, I'll be in like, Spain I, the other week talking about Denmark. Oh no, these aren't <laughs> even trips that I like plan. I just get like a message from a friend being like, "Yo, we're going to Barcelona in December," and I'm like, "Okay." I like how much are flights and just send the money and just go sort of thing. Just <laughs> when you need a little week off work, there's no better way to do it than not being in the country. Mm. Oh, hey, you're very blessed to be where you are because here in the U.S., getting out of the country is a little bit harder. Oh, yeah. I feel like for everyone, it's been pretty hard at the moment. Like when I was in Amsterdam last week, coming back was the easiest I've traveled in a long time because they'd like oh, stripped really? all the COVID restrictions while we were away. So like mm. coming back was just chilling. Okay. Let's move on to the nylon. We've kind of already touched a lot on <laughs> the Royal Rags aspect of nylon. Let's talk about you personally, Charlie. Uh, how did you get started in this crazy world of clothing? Now, I've always been interested in it, but I haven't really come from a wealthy background. So buying new clothes wasn't really a thing. It was more a sense of, well, my mum always put the idea in our head that if we want something, you've got to work for it. 
So we weren't given pocket money, we weren't given anything like that. We, if we wanted something, we had to work for it, as I just said. So like mm. buying clothes came about. So Wavy Garms was like a pretty big thing. Well, coming to be a big thing when I was like 16. Um, so I would buy stuff, sell it on there, make some money, and then I'd buy what I really wanted off the back end of how much I'd sold it for. And then that was kind of just just a means of getting what I wanted in that in that sense. But then Raw Rags came to fruition when I was I was 18 and I was working loads of I'd worked loads of jobs. I'd worked in McDonald's, I'd been a plasterer, I'd worked on farms, picked fruit, mm. cool centers, everything worked in pensions. And uh I was about to get fired from the probably like the 10th job I've been fired from. And uh my manager told me I was gonna get fired. So I quit, got paid my holiday pay, and I was just sat on some money. And I was introduced to a guy called Jack that sold on Depop full-time. Shout out to Jack. Um, and then I just realized that you could pay for your whole life off the back end of it. So what I enjoyed doing, buying and selling clothes, would fund my house, my rent, my car that I don't have. Um, and then all <laughs> of that kind of stuff. And then all of that kind of stuff. So I quit my job, was living on my friend's sofa bed for about six months, going to charity shops every day, living out of suitcase. And then I made enough money off the back end of the charity shops to then get my first house, stayed in wow. there. And then it all just kind of grew from there. And then just spoke to people, made like, got pretty lucky with the links that I made from the very beginning. Um, people that work for Depop and stuff. Shout mm. out to Amy for all the help she ever gave me. Wow. Um, and Oscar as well. He was a very, very big help still to this day. He helps me out whenever I need it. Um, yeah, so it all started from there. Essentially, I was homeless living at my mate's. And just invested all of my time and money into going to charity shops and car boot fairs. And yeah, and eventually I started finding supplies and means to buy rarer clothes that I'd never knew where to get when I first started. Mm-hmm. And now I can sell what I really enjoy because I know where to get it from, I guess. That's crazy. That is such a cool journey. I didn't even know. I think actually I didn't, I might've known. Ali mentioned something about uh, when he was trying to convince you to come on the pod. <laughs> Shout out Ali. Oh, yeah. uh, Shout that, out Ali. Um, <laughs> he said that at a moment you were homeless and I was like, wow, I hope I can get that out of him during the pod organically. But yeah, that's, that's crazy, man. That's just a wild journey. That's truly yeah. like putting everything on the line to chase your dreams, you know? Yeah, for sure. Well, I was pretty, uh, if, if selling clothes didn't work out, I would have been pretty screwed to be fair. <laughs> um, so I'm pretty grateful that it did, but I feel like I got into it at just like the perfect time because Depop wasn't that old. It was kind of mm-hmm. new. The market wasn't as saturated. And you could, back then, it was more a sense of just making as much money as you could so you could live, well, I could live. Um, yeah. So I was just buying and selling whatever I could to make a profit out of. And it was kind of easier to do it, as I said, because the market wasn't saturated. So if people wanted to buy stuff, there were only a few people they could buy them from. And that just mm. gave me like the mad foot up. So it helped a lot. Nice. Nice. What is the like craziest thing you've sold ever? Uh, the craziest thing I've sold? Yeah. Um, oh, I don't know. There's one thing that sticks out in the back of my mind because I got it super cheap. I'm not a massive, I, I literally wouldn't say I'm a Bape fan at all. I've never owned a bit of Bape in my entire life mm-hmm. uh, to personally wear. But when I was traveling around Asia, I found a Bape Carhartt jacket that was authentic for like 40 pounds. And it wow. was just one of the, it was just insane. It was like an old, it was like an old Carhartt workwear jacket and mm-hmm. it had the purple like camo all over it. It was insane and it cost me literally nothing. And then Gully Galileo <laughs> ended up with it, I think. Wow, really? 
Yeah, yeah. I had a little um, storage unit in Bristol. It was like a literally like a shipping container. <laughs> and then he he came through to that. And the first thing that he went over and picked up was the bait jacket. And that was something that I never thought would sell because I would have put it at such a high price. And mm. I didn't have like a mad following or like a big clientele at that moment in time. So something like that is like easily would easily sit. But yeah, that was in my mind. I was just so happy when I found that because it was something that I took a massive risk on. Well, I didn't really take a risk. It was 40 pounds, but uh-huh. I took a risk on because I don't know bait personally and I didn't know if it'd be authentic or not. And then when I got yeah. back, it was probably, yeah, the best thing that I found. Or maybe the um, 99 Theta AI jacket that kind of started uh-huh. off the whole like Terex thing. Because uh-huh. I bought that off uh, my friend Tom from Sheffield. He does Pirate Ship Sheffield. Shout out, Tom. Um, he's been there since the beginning from when I started selling and doing this. I was that annoying kid that would go to his shop and be like, have you got any old stuff that you can sell me for cheap? Or I'm going to sell it on Depop, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And um, for some reason, he took a liking to me. He found this jacket from a farmer in Sheffield and he paid way less than £100 for it. And right <laughs> now, they're worth so much money. And then I think I bought it off him for around £100. Uh, I can't remember specifically where it went, but I know that jacket's done the round. Um, the two things I wanted to say in regards to your Carhartt jacket with, with uh, Leo was... Um, first you said you weren't very well traveled and you're talking about your trips in Asia as you, as I was traveling Asia. Okay, sure. Uh, second, <laughs> second, um, it's on, I was going to ask if he ever posted it on his feed and I'm looking down, it's like six rows down. It's him wearing what I assume is the Carhartt vape jacket. It's like pink, purple camo, all that. Yeah. That's the one, man. That's crazy. That's so cool. How'd you yeah. get in touch with him? Cause he's like a pretty big figure. Yeah uh yeah my friend james from bristol shout out james as well he was with gully guy leo at the time and uh he messaged me just being like leo wants to come and have a look at your stuff i think james really definitely 100 percent put a good word in for me um mm. and then leo came around i didn't expect it to happen and then he just came around and uh yeah he ended up buying that which was pretty surreal at the time that was around <laughs> that was must have been around like two three years ago now it was a little while ago but yeah, that was, yeah, it was a big accomplishment selling to someone of that status, I guess. Mm-hmm. My next question is, who's the biggest person you've sold to? If you can uh, talk about it, if you want to talk about it. Yeah, do you know what? Like quite a lot of my friends have sold to like mad celebrities and grime artists and stuff, but I <laughs> I don't think that I really have. Like Leo is up there and unless mm-hmm. a celebrity's ordered off the website and I haven't ever clocked on, which is really bad of me. Um, <laughs> then I don't know, but I, I, I don't think, oh shit. I don't actually know. That's such a good question. I just like selling to my friends, man. It gives me joy seeing my pals wear the stuff that I sell. Mm-hmm. That's what I like. Rather than That's selling right to anyone answer. of like a, my friends. Yeah, my rather friends than selling to anyone of like a mad status, I would, I, like, I love selling stuff to my pals because I love the fact that they support what I'm doing. And I like the fact mm-hmm. that I get to see what I've sourced and they're really happy with get worn all the time. Um, so that, that brings me more happiness to sell into celebrities, to be honest. Nice. Um, moving on to the present, what are some brands uh, or clothes or whatever? How would you describe your, I mean, that's an obvious question. How would you describe your style now? What are some brands and stuff that you're into nowadays that maybe some people wouldn't know about? Ooh, what brands am I into now? Um, I'd, oh shit. I need to think. Of, I'm looking at my clothes right now, just thinking, what do I even like now? But there's like all sorts of stuff on there, man. I'm like way into like my skate stuff as well as like 
I don't know, outdoorsy, fashiony stuff. So there's like a mad mishmash of brands, like starting from like, I don't know, old Powell stuff and polar jeans and that kind of thing. And then it goes on to like the vintage side of it. So there's loads of vintage Stone Island um, and CP from like the Osti era um, mm. and all that kind of thing. Now I'm pretty obsessed with like Patagonia SSTs at the moment, um, mm. like the big pocket wading jackets. And anything to do with kind of wading, to be honest. And I'm getting into like, well, I've gotten more so recently, I've gotten into like a lot of Japanese designed inspired mm. garments. So looking at like the old Burton Q skiing jackets, um, analog jackets, stuff like that, just stuff with mad features and is a bit interesting. Yeah. So like it's more than meets the eye. You look at a Burton Q jacket, it's just a jacket. Then you unzip both the pockets and they're magnetically sealed under one another. And they've got all of these pockets really? underneath. Like I like, items that kind of keep you guessing well they're not what they first seem if that makes sense <laughs> so you're no no this is a good answer is i'm looking up everything that you said as you're saying that's my i'm still i'm processing slowly but the the short version would be um just kind of almost tech wear kind of sounds like things that just have really cool features lots of pockets maybe not lots yeah, of pockets, I, like an engineered garment type beat Oh, yeah, of course. Engineered garments are pumping out some real nice stuff. Um, I just can't really afford the price tag, unfortunately, but their no stuff is real nice. <laughs> nah, it's crazy expensive, but I can see why yeah. it is at the same time. Um, but yeah, it's just kind of like stuff that I would... like. I, I couldn't design an item of clothing to save my life, but I really appreciate people that can. And I like all of like my pals that are pumping out all these small independent things like they're making all these bags and jackets with all these crazy pockets and features and stuff. Mm. Um, I look at people like my friend Rob Boyd, shout out Rob, who uh, designs for loads of brands and does that kind of thing. Yeah, like, come on the pub. Make it... Yeah, come on the pub, Rob. Um, <laughs> but he's making his own, he's, he's releasing his own run of jackets and stuff soon, I believe. And I just love seeing the ideas from my friend's head actually being produced into garments and like yeah. making something. It's crazy. I'll happily pay whatever my friends want for an item they've produced because it's just good to support them and like it keeps exactly. them making more. Support the homies for real. Support the homies always. Yeah. I don't know if I have any more questions for you, but I know the viewers do. So I'm going to, I've already asked one, but I've got a few more questions uh, yeah, man, from cool. the people. So first off, this is actually something I haven't touched on yet because I wanted to ask this question. Nick Gwynn wants to know, or ask you to i guess shout out some of your favorite tattoo artists definitely my friend ryan from derby east midlands um if anyone's based around the east midlands they want a sick tattoo go see ryan kirk uh him and his brother moon on a tattoo studio there and they're one of the few people that i trust with putting a needle in my body and leaving a permanent mark <laughs> but super sick real real nice people um henry hot rocks another one from london He's been tattooing me for a very, very long time. Uh, would consider him a real good friend now. Uh, who else have we got? Uh, my friend Pete from Bristol. Pete's tattoos. Get it, Pete, if you want a tattoo and you're in Bristol. He is another very good one. And Julian over in Barcelona. If anyone's in Spain, go and see Julian. Super, super unique individual style. Uh, yeah, he'll get you right. Awesome. Uh, I wanted to ask, how many tattoos do you have? <laughs> Oh, man. I don't even, oh, shit. Before I go on to that, shout out Witch Gatherer from Bristol as well. Uh, Leb, he's one of the most talented men with a tattoo gun ever. 
he did my entire back and it is the tattoo that I'm absolutely 100% most proud of. Mm. Sorry, Ryan or Henry, if I offend anyone there, but <laughs> I do love my I do love my back tattoo a lot. Um, how many tattoos do I have, though? Uh, loads more than my mum would like me to have, I guess. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know, man. I kind of like gave up counting a few years ago. There's There's literally loads. It's more so like how much space is left. Not a lot, really, mm. I guess. Yeah, how much space is left? Because it looks like your whole chest <laughs> and your whole back is covered. Uh, there's like a little bit of wiggle room under one of my armpits, I think. Um, <laughs> and there's like, there's just small little gaps and stuff. Like I started uh-huh. getting the side of my head tattooed and stuff because there wasn't yeah. anywhere else to put them. That's um, sick though. That's like an action Bronson type move. That's the only person I know yeah. who has another head tattoo except for you. <laughs> yeah, I really need to think about these things a little bit more though. Because <laughs> if, <laughs> if Raw Rags ever does start getting my... Uh, Chances of getting a job aren't aren't looking too high. No, you've got enough connections. You could you could get somewhere in the creative industry again. Don't worry. Yeah, that's what hopefully. I always tell myself. But hopefully that is <laughs> what happens. <laughs> <laughs> when did you get your uh, your eye tattoo under your eye? Oh, that was in Bristol. A guy called Strange Folks did that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, he did. He towed the palms the palms of my hands and oh, that's gotta hurt like hand. a bitch, man. Oh man, like. Toes don't really, like, they hurt, obviously, but you kind of get used to it after a while, and every spot hurts differently uh-huh. to the next. Uh, <laughs> but palm, palm of hands was a different kettle of fish. That was more painful than any tattoo, more painful than falling off my skateboard, heartbreak, all of that mixed into one. Mm-hmm. It sucked. It was awful. <laughs> but when I got that done, um, I was outside having a cigarette after trying to compose myself, uh-huh. and I just there was a girl sat there that I was talking to that had a word tattooed under her eye, and it was the only face tattoo she had, and it looked really simple and nice. And I kind of, uh, the thing with tattoos, I don't really think, I just do it. So I just <laughs> went upstairs and I was like, do you want to do a tattoo on my face? And we just sat there for a minute deciding what to do. And then we did it. Uh, I'm happy it's there, I guess. Mm-hmm. I, I don't regret any of them. They all tell a story to an extent, but that's mm-hmm. probably one I could have definitely lived without. Oh, it says Purdue. What does that mean? Yeah. What, is that? what does it that actually it mean? Means it, it means lost in French, but I've also learned oh. that it's a, it's, it's a bar in Newcastle as well. So hopefully <laughs> if I go there, I'll get, I'll get some free drink. Hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, I've shown uh, one of my friends has gotten really big into tattoos. He just got uh, his whole leg sleeve done. Um, all like old Americana style, you know, all filled in all that good stuff. And I was showing him like, I don't have any tattoos and there's not a ton that I super like, but I really like the style of your back tattoo. So I was showing him that like, you should get something like this. You should get like something like the castle or like the guys fighting. It'd just be like a really cool, really cool. Cause he was, he was asking me for suggestions. So I just showed him your picture. I think that was sick. Oh, cheers, man. I'm, I'm literally, I'm so happy with that one. Like the, my back tattoo, even though I can't see it, it is my mm-hmm. pride and joy. I'm yeah. so happy. Yeah. That was that is hands down my favorite, and Levos absolutely killed it. No touch-ups yeah. needed. That man is a god with a tattoo gun. How long did it take to get that one done? Uh, for like two, it took like a day to line it, and then a full day to shade it, and then I went back afterwards just to like. There's like when you look at a tattoo, you notice when it's done, you notice all these small little gaps and stuff that kind oh. of gets under your skin. So it was just a case yeah. of going back and like adding little bits and bobs here and there. Okay, cool, cool. Next up, we got a question from Mad Mountain Man who wants to know, are there any upcoming releases you're excited about? I don't know if that means for you personally. I'm going to take it for you personally. Do you have anything coming up that you're excited about? 
what that I'm excited to release myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then maybe we'll talk uh, about in the industry, other people. Okay. Um, well, kind of circling back to what I said when I was on about um, uh, clothing that I'm into at the moment, uh, Patagonia SST jackets. So mm-hmm. since I did the Arctex Beams project, I've been stockpiling those along with some other old Patagonia releases, so like Retro X releases, all of like the fish and vest utility ones uh, along mm. that line. Um, mm. I did a big shoot in Devon uh, with Josh Sneed that shoots all of my raw rag stuff. Shout out Josh. And mm-hmm. then Hole came along to style it and stuff. So that's something that I'm real, real excited to put out soon. Um, but it's just getting down to choosing which of all of the photos I'm super happy with will make the cut and like that kind of job. No, yeah, I'm really excited to put that out, man. Um, and in terms of brands, God, I don't know who's putting what out at the moment. Everyone's pumping crazy stuff out like nonstop. Mm-hmm. Um, I've just been really ironing up like goopy stuff and what they're putting out and what they're coming up with is really, mm-hmm. really, really interesting. And like their use of pockets and layout and stuff, jackets is crazy. And when it comes to like elastic on the leg of trousers, having it outside and exposed in like such a way that it functions but isn't annoying is i just find that crazy a lot of work's gone into their stuff and i appreciate it yeah so anything from them i'm really excited to see in the near future sweet um gore-tex more asked why the move north and you've kind of already answered that just because someone said it was fun to live in manchester so you decided to move up there yeah man i just spent loads of time here last summer uh uh-huh. just sw- swimming and chilling with people and mm-hmm. it just seemed like a good place to go it's it's, it's bigger than bristol and there are lots of creators here that are like a bit older than me and stuff. So it's kind of like a good wing to fall under in terms of like guidance and an idea of what I want to do with what I'm doing, like taking inspiration from other people at the same time. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, give me one second. I'm going to get my roommate to read this question. You'll see why in a sec. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah, yeah. Give me a sec. So for context, I don't know if you listened to the uh, Patrick episode, but your good friend, Gary Flume, you know that guy. Yeah, um, I love <laughs> he, he asked a question that I just felt like I couldn't read in an American accent. So I had my friend who does a really good Scouse accent read it. <laughs> <laughs> so he asked another question to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get my roommate to read it for you again. Um, Wait, is this anyway. a question? Is this a question from Harry? Yeah, it is. Oh fuck. Okay. <laughs> How many times can me and my bird stay on your sofa before you block me? <laughs> <laughs> that was a really, really, really good scout. Yeah, man. Honestly, come over whenever. The H on when you do like a C or a K. <laughs> like when that I say was... block me, you know? That <laughs> That's little better bit than my scout accent. How many times can him and his birds stay around mine before I block him? Never. You can stay around as many times as you want, Harry. Don't take that as you can come and move into my house. Well, I wouldn't even mind. But you, <laughs> you, you, and, you and Molly are welcome to stay at my house whenever you want uh, it's always nice to come downstairs and find uh gary flume asleep on my sofa <laughs> that's awesome i love to hear it that's that's a real friend right there oh uh, i love harry shout out harry and molly you two agree yeah you can uh he can potentially move out of the land rover and have like an actual place to stay that'd be awesome yeah we're going camping actually this weekend oh yeah me, him and molly yeah that's yeah. awesome but it should it should be real good. So what about me being a villain and not hiking? Look at me, I'm going camping. <laughs> You're on redemption arc, redemption arc. Yeah, man, I'm trying to pull it back. <laughs> awesome. Uh, Jossie. Jossie wants to know, Arcteryx or Anne Wander? Damn. 
Uh, <laughs> mood I change, like immediate mood change. <laughs> yeah. This is a serious I question. Feel, I feel like they're both real different because, uh-huh. and Wonder is also obviously about functionality as well, but I feel like they strive quite a lot more into like the fashion realm because mm-hmm. like a lot of the materials they use aren't as hard wearing as Arcteric stuff is. And like, mm-hmm. for example, like the first thing that I had from Amanda was one of the small crossbody bags and like they're delicate, man. Like you got to be careful with it because oh, yeah? they're like pretty prone to ripping and whatnot. But I do, uh, that's, a, that's a hard, that's a hard question. <laughs> like I would probably wear more Amanda pieces now, mm-hmm. but I feel like the production. That's because you don't go outside. Hard. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I just wear <laughs> Amanda sat, sat at home on my sofa. <laughs> Smoking a vape. Um, but no, Arcteryx is, I would say, is made better to serve its purpose. But mm. um, Wonder's more appealing for me because I like all the features and stuff that they add. And like each season is very different. Okay, nice. So, and Wander, final answer. Oh, uh, it's like a 50-50. It's like a 50-50 <laughs> split. It depends, what, it depends what I want it for. If I'm going mm-hmm. out walking and hiking and if it's pissing it down with rain, I'm going to want an Arcteryx jacket. Yeah. But if I want to spend loads of money on a jacket that's practically the same but isn't as functional, then I'll, <laughs> get, an out, and then I'll get an Amanda jacket. Yeah, well, see, we've already established you don't go outside. So, like, you just should get the most fashionable one anyway, you know? Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> All I need is for Fitbit for Instagram, dude. Yeah, exactly. Then you can just sell it after that. Um, he also wants to know... Can trousers be too baggy? Uh, um, trousers can definitely be too baggy. Uh, I haven't had I haven't had any myself that I would see as too baggy, but mm-hmm. my mum definitely thinks the trousers that I put out via Rural Rags recently are beyond baggy. So my mum <laughs> thinks trousers can be too baggy, but I don't personally. There you go. Well, you know, my mom also says that. I can't drop out of college and host the podcast, but you know, we'll see where she is in a couple of years. True. My mom said I couldn't drop out of college and work at McDonald's full time, but I achieved that dream. Yeah. <laughs> Proving her wrong. Look at me no, go. I proved her wrong, man. Yeah. <laughs> I had three stars, baby. There you go. <laughs> um, F underscore underscore four W wants to know what is your favorite book? Uh, no, I've never been mad into reading books, to be honest. I've more, I'm more of like a zine person in terms of like grabbing packages mm. my friends have made and yeah. like scrolling through them and stuff because that just makes me happy, like looking at that kind of thing. But over lockdown, I bought a book called Everyone's a Salesman and that really opened my eyes into terms of like what goes through set, like buying and selling. And it's not just like buying and selling clothes. It's like asking someone from a lighter that's like, creating a sales pitch so they will give you their possession so you have their lighter so they you can use it and it's like talking about being a salesman in every aspect of life not mm. trying to get people stuff from people and trying to rinse people from what they have but more <laughs> so just opening your eyes in terms of like everyone is a salesman as the book says yeah yeah i like that that's good everyone's a salesman i'm a salesman right now i'm selling you on my podcast that's it man hopefully everyone doesn't think i'm a villain but not yeah. Getting outside well, as much. yeah see this is this is actually part of your redemption arc tour where you're coming on the pod you're talking about how much you love camping you're going next weekend all that good stuff so you're hitting all the points you're, you're doing a good job yeah man i'm doing all right i feel, <laughs> I feel confident <laughs> good 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 uh the ali george hinkins wants to know thank you ali for blessing my um 
my uh what's it called question box on my story um <clears throat> he wants me to ask about your journey about growing the business and where you started which i mean you've kind of already touched a lot on um but where was like did you start on depop did you what, what were some more intimate steps of that was it like depop to store depop to like garage to store like what how did you store all your inventory and stuff? So it was, it started, as I said, like it started like before Raw Rags was a thing, it all started on Wavy Garms. That really opened the door to me in terms mm, of like that's buying right, and selling right. is, is like an actual thing. And then I got introduced to Depop when it was pretty fresh. And then yeah. it all started, it was all Depop and then it kind of went further down the line. Mm. And I was kind of sick of people being like, oh, how's Depop going? How's Depop going? Blah, blah, blah. As opposed to people being like, how's Raw Rags going? So that mm. gave me the push to like create, get my first website built, okay. um, which was, it was an interesting, it was an interesting website. It wasn't <laughs> the best one in the entire world, but it really gave me like the foot up to start doing it off of my own back. And yeah. then I got, I got a taste for that. And then it all just went from there. And then I realized that the way to really push this is through Instagram. And that was like the big thing to do. Uh, so I just focused on making as much content as possible and growing the Instagram because as long as there are people looking at stuff on Instagram and they see it in a desirable way, that will transfer mm -hmm. over to the website and people viewing and having a look at stuff. And yeah, so yeah. it all started from Depot really, and then just grew to the website. And since I like dabbled a bit with ASOS and stuff, but it wasn't for me. They're like a, they're a good company to work with in terms of this, but it wasn't the direction that I wanted to take the business in. So I kind of just wanted to do it solo as opposed um, to using like an app to like boost my stuff. I just wanted to yeah. it all to be organic and from myself. Okay. And when you were like couch surfing and all that, how did you have a stock of all the clothes you were carrying? Did you have just like a couple of suitcases with all your clothes in them or? Oh man, I was literally, there was, there was practically fuck all to be honest. Um, <laughs> it was, it was a case of going to charity shops every day. And what I would do is I would, there were, in Derby, there were, I don't know, seven, eight that I would hit every single morning. And I would just see what I could get. Some days it'd be dry, mm. some days it'd be good. At that moment in time, people weren't that big into it. So there was like quite a lot of stuff to choose from some days, but then there'd be none the next day because I just haven't put stuff out. But I would go there and I'd grab like four or five things, put them on Depop. Typically, you'd sell like two or three of those each day. Mm -hmm. So you weren't left with like a mad backlog of stock. Yeah. It was kind of like what you got, you sold it. And then you just rotate onto the next batch. Okay. Nice. Uh, I think that should satisfy the Gorp Court God, Ali George Hinkins. Um, <clears throat> Shout out, Ali. Ali, <laughs> Shout has out Ali. Out, Ali has helped me out a lot in terms of Raw Rags. He's shown a lot oh, yeah? of love and he shared a lot of my posts and a lot of the projects oh, nice. I've worked on. And I'm very thankful for him. And Ali, I will do your interview next. I promise. <laughs> <laughs> you got to come to Trees and Ireland first, though. That's uh, that's the training grounds. And you go, you go ahead of him. probably going to... He's probably going to be pissed that I haven't done this yet, but we did speak about <laughs> it the other day and I will get around to it soon. You know, I'm hard to get hold of. So, yeah, I can attest to it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You got to be persistent. Awesome. Uh, do you have any questions for me before we head out? Oh, actually, you don't have questions for me. I want you to shout out some people. I've forgotten to do this on the last few episodes because um, I'm vain and I ask if people have questions <laughs> for me. Yeah. Shout out, shout out a couple, couple of your buddies that, uh, you like people to know about or you just want to shout out? Uh, I've got a list as long as my arm of people that I should say thank you <laughs> yeah. to. Um, okay. 
I'm gonna go. I'm gonna just shout out loads of random people right now. Go ahead. So I'm gonna shout out. I'm gonna shout out Josh Sneed. He's taken all of my photos for all rags. He's been there since day one. Shout mm-hmm. out Jack Tyler for helping me out and boosting me into the studio space. Shout out even my ex-girlfriend Hattie for helping me with raw rags from the very, very beginning and taking so much photos, taking so many photos, putting out loads of shit in terms of clothes, always being in a flat. Uh, shout out Jack Ray, shout out all of my other models, shout out Miriam, shout out Hannah, shout out Gawk Girls, shout out, oh my God, there's, I can't even <laughs> think there's just so many people coming to mind right now. But shout out every single person that's ever crossed paths with me and has helped me or not even helped me or has just given me ideas or direction. Shout out George from Inside Tag. He is a big inspiration for what I do. And if I hadn't met him and Jish at the very start, I wouldn't have any stock to sell mm-hmm. in the first place. So I'm really, really grateful the foot up those two guys gave me. Check out George's page, Inside Tag. Probably the best curated store out there, in my opinion. Wow. Um, and yeah, just shout out everyone else that's ever helped me or I've come into cross paths with. Beautiful. That's awesome. Um, I'm going to shout out some people as well. I'm going to shout out hey, first. It's, crazy. <laughs> it's not going to be all those. It's not going to be that many. Um, mm. There's just going to be some accounts that I enjoy. Uh, there's an account called Evil Buildings 1 on Instagram, which is just literally strange looking buildings. Um, weird kind of vibes, kind of eerie, kind of spooky. But, you know, I, I'm here for it. I like it. Uh, so we got them. Yeah, we got, it looks like three underscores, probably B, just a letter B dot. Well, then three more. He's a guy who just lives in the woods straight up. He lives in the woods. Um, he doesn't have a house. He built a like shack on public land and just lives in that really out here, living the Gorp core, the Gorp core dream <laughs> away from society completely. Uh, so he's cool. And then shout out technically professionals. That could potentially be a big deal later on the line. So shout out to them. Go ahead and toss them a follow, uh, everyone listening. Um, so yeah, those are going to be my three shout outs. We've got, um, you're probably still sorting through all of Charlie's 400 he just did, but shout out to all of them I as know. well. I'm trying <laughs> to think of, I know there's more that I've missed that people are going to be pissed <laughs> off about, but <laughs> yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, shout out the big three as well as everyone likes to refer to them ah uh, yes, uh, yes yes that's advanced rock 114 index and l-hole they've helped me out a bunch in terms of every time i put a campaign out or a mm. competition or anything that i've needed that's boosted my business they've always been the first people to share it so very grateful for those three check their pages out they awesome. are outside there you uh, go they are outside out, shout out my pal in new york as well you know who you are <laughs> okay all right all right sweet it's been awesome it's been awesome it is a long-awaited guest and you've um stuck the landing you know it's everything i could have hoped for more i did it man if you hadn't have sent me that photo of burnt spaghetti i would never be here well yeah see my plan was i have in my phone just a bunch of things on fire just like random things on fire and my plan was to just send you one a day until you responded (laughs) and you respond on the first one so you kind of took the fun away but that's okay i'm glad i got your attention Uh Well, I know what we're doing next time, so I'm just going to long it out and see what you come up with. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Sweet. Well, I'll talk to you later, man. Cheers, man. Thank you.